إنك لا تهدي من أحببت ولكن الله يهدي من يشاء. So today I thought I'll take the opportunity of meeting you again. And uh, I didn't have a clue what we were going to discuss because, you know, we've been busy and everything. But subhanAllah, you had a good idea to speak about your publication from the IOU, which is a joint venture from, I noticed, quite a few of your uh, colleagues. And you've come up with this book called The First Day. So what was your idea behind this, Sheikh? Well, the idea was that you know, you have so many Dawah centers around the world. Yeah. You know, everybody hustling and bustling, trying to figure out what to teach the new Muslims when they come in. You know, and there have been things written and, and common books that were in circulation that people are using, bits from here, bits from there, you know, and people reinventing the wheel backwards and forwards. And, you know, so I felt that we need to develop a specific <coughs> book for the new Muslim. With, it's the new Muslim in, in mind. It's not a book which can be used for new Muslims, mm. but a book for specifically for new Muslims. So from the get-go, the intention is? Clearly, yeah. for the new Muslim. So I figured that the, the way I would like to develop it would be according to the needs of the new Muslim on the very first day of his or her Islam. Mm. They've come into your office, they've come into your center, whatever, you know, you've taught, you're, they came to your home, whatever, you gave them the dawah, they accepted Islam, what do you need to give them mm. before they leave? Mm. In case you never see them again, you at yeah. least have conveyed the <laughs> message Correctly, yeah, you know, as much as you can in that one mm. opportunity. So I sat with a group of, of du'at from the Qatar Guest Center here in Qatar. Uh, I was in charge of the du'at at that time. When, when did you do this, Sheikh? How long, how long ago was this? Uh, it was maybe, um, I think it was about 20... Uh, 2006. Wow. Yeah. Maybe about 13 years ago. SubhanAllah. You know? And the idea, having done it, was to send it out to dawah centers around the world. Hmm. But, and this was agreed upon and everything, but later on there was a change of administration and the new people came in. They weren't that concerned hmm. about the dawah around the world. This thing was there. Let's just focus on here. So mm. it was squashed. But hopefully, inshallah, we will find inshallah. some way to get yeah. this out, you know, as a manual. Mm. I mean, mm. of course, people, different circumstances, different people, you know, different mm. uh, countries, you know, they mm. may modify it, add to it, remove from it. We're not saying this is the final word. Yeah. You know, we're just saying this is a version, yeah. you know, which, which is specifically de designed and I don't know mm. of any other versions. I didn't yeah. know of any other I mean, uh, books I, written specifically for new Muslims. I didn't know you'd done the book. I mean, I came across your online course for new Muslims about seven years ago. I, was, I, was, I used to invite new Muslims to my house. You know, we'd have tea and coffee and we'd, we'd actually show your video. Because that's a part of the, your website as well, the new Muslim training. You would give a lecture, and then you would have like a multiple choice Q and A, mm -hmm. and it's very beneficial. But I didn't, I didn't know you had this. Well, you know, I wrote the book first. Mm. Then we gathered a group of about thirty new Muslims in Ramadan, and I taught it to them. Mashallah. You know, implemented it. Mm. Uh, we had a brother by the name of um, Centillion, uh, who was. Filipino in charge of recording in mm. Fanar here in Qatar and he uh, used his equipment mm. and recorded the the class mm. for the first day the series of classes that made mm. it up mm. and also we did the second level 
which was called the first week, mm. you know? But of course, even the first week, though we call it the first week, this, in terms of use in a Dawa center, may vary. That may be the first month for somebody else, yeah. depending on how many days a week they can come to the center, mm. you know? If they were able to come every day, then you, you, know, you could use it there. But otherwise, mm. it could be for two months. Yeah. If they're only able to come, come one day a week. I think the important, the important thing about it is that there is another step after the Shahada. Because mm. a lot of the Dawah finishes with the Shahada. Yeah. And it's a big mistake. And immediately, you have to pray. Mm-hmm. The, the Salah should begin then. Yeah. And then because of the Salah, as you mentioned here, point one, Wudu, you know, being, you know, being in a state of uh, purity, of cleanliness, you know, to begin that journey. And these are things that people don't actually think of. I've seen many people, they don't uh, mention the Salah. So people become a Muslim and then it's time to pray. We go, we're going to pray and they'll leave the new Muslim behind. Instead of bringing him along, taking him, doing wudu, going to the salah. Sure. You know, and that is the important point. I've, I've yeah. met new Muslims who have been a new Muslim for a year, two years. They still didn't know how to make salah. SubhanAllah. You know? Because no importance mm. was given to it mm. from the very beginning. And the mm. people would always say, okay, you, you know, you're a new Muslim. Don't mm. worry about it. You know, you can learn it eventually, whenever you get the chance. So it was like downplayed, whereas yeah. our thing was the next salah. Mm. You need to take them to that salah and pray it with them, mm. right next to them. Mm. Let them follow you. Let them understand yeah. that this salah is so important. Mm. You need to learn it right away. Yeah. At least as much as you can. Yeah. As yeah. much as you can. And, he, and he's teaching the new Muslim that look, it, you have a responsibility now. It's not just believe. Yeah, it's great. You know, it's is is academically and you know, it keeps you motivated, it keeps you entertained, you know. But you, you have an obligation now to worship Allah. This is what a Muslim is. Somebody who submits and worships to Allah. So the first and second point is the wudu and the salah. You know, you've got that from the very beginning. Well, actually, before that, Mm. we do ask the person. Mm. This is back to the tawheed itself. Okay, I've just seen that. We have to make sure they actually know what they're getting into. I just see that. that. (laughs) That's not even a point. This is a precursor to the points. Yeah. So So, uh, we make sure. You know, why are you accepting Islam? You know. You know. Is it a woman? Yeah, yeah. So it's clear. You know, so we can advise them. I missed that one. Yeah. (laughs) I should have known better from Doctor Bilal. There has to be a. Uh, a Tawheed check. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. At the, yeah, <laughs> because then one of the things that we ask them, you yeah. know, if they come from a Christian background, yeah. you know, I'm saying we will ask them like questions which are like, um, in terms of your understanding, mm. what is the difference between Jesus in Christianity and Muhammad in Islam? Mm. You know, what do you think? Uh, now, okay, or may I ask them, who are you obliged to worship in Islam? Mm. You know, are you still uh, obliged to worship Jesus? Mm. Or is it God alone? Or when mm. you become a Muslim, are you obliged now to worship Muhammad? Yeah. You see, mm. to give them a, a check, an understanding mm. check. Mm. Have they understood what it is they're actually accepting? Mm. This is to worship God alone. Yeah. We don't worship Muhammad instead of Jesus. So you're mm. just switching one with the other. Because mm. that's what a lot of people come in and think. And, and this, people might think, oh, but that's obvious. But I'm, Sheikh, it's not obvious. No. You know, I met a man in Manchester once. I was on the Dawah table. And he said, I accepted Islam with you guys, meaning you Muslims, yesterday. So I thought, okay, let me just test him. So I said, um... What does God look like? You know, he said he has a grey beard and he sits on a cloud. And he was being honest. Mm. 
He was not pulling my leg. Mm -hmm. And then I said, who is Jesus? He said, God's son. So I know this for some people who maybe they're not involved in Dawah or, you know, they don't know. I know it sounds like plain and obvious, you know, but it's not. You know, you really do need to tell people this. Yeah. Need to check. Mm -hmm. So we'll see here you've got, you know, you're confirming the Islamic perspective of Tawheed and uh, Jesus, Isa Islam specifically, of course, because obviously most of the people... They're coming from a background where they were worshipping Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus was God, and they felt mm. they were worshipping God, but it was yeah. Jesus they were worshipping. Yeah. So we have to make sure that that idea is clearly rejected in their minds. They've understood that no more Jesus... Not mm. that you wipe Jesus out. No, mm. of course. Jesus was a prophet of God, mm. as Muhammad, may God's mm. peace and blessings be upon both of them, mm. were prophets of God. You know, he was mm. a prophet of God also. So before the Shahada, we need to ask them a few questions, make sure they've understood, they either understand what they're getting into. Either it's before the Shahada, or if mm. somebody brings somebody with them and says, mm. this brother has just taken Shahada, mm. you know, because it could come both ways, mm. right? So, and sometimes, you know, when I used to give the khutbah in, in Fanar uh, Masjid, you know, they, afterwards they would bring people who were taking shahadas, you know. Normally their, the practice was just to bring them, line them up, you know, and they all raise their fingers and they say, Shalom Allah, you know, I say, wait, wait, wait a minute. Let me, let me ask all of them, did you understand, do you understand what this is? Have you understood? Somebody has explained to you, you know who... God is, you know, you know, I would mm. always, you know, stop it and, and try to change that approach because yeah. it was more, they were using it more as a, you know, a, a promotional to, publicity yeah. stunt or you could say to give that new Muslim, you know, a sense of the whole people saying, Allahu Akbar, you know, Allahu Akbar, <laughs> you know, you're accepting Islam, you know, and they come up, everybody give yeah, them a big yeah, hug, yeah. and then afterwards, you know, Makwim Asalam. And then he realizes his wallet's gone. But you know, I, I, I have witnessed this as well. You know, I remember I went to a village in Malawi. Um, I was with an, an organization, and we was only there 10 minutes, and the truck was full of clothes. And food, you know, like gifts. And everyone's got their eye on this truck, you know. And all of a sudden this they said, you know, who wants to become a Muslim? Everyone. <laughs> I said, guys, relax. You know, let's speak Tell to them, them. Give them the message. Let's speak. You know, it's not about numbers. It's about how many you conveyed the message to. That's where you're, you know, when, you know, that's what you should be counting. Mm -hmm. you know, how many people you successfully conveyed the message to. And um, sure enough, they all became, a, well, they all took shahada. I was not happy with it. And from what I know, um, I've heard that that village is no longer Muslim. Or were they ever Muslim? I'm not going to say they left Islam. I know for certain they didn't know what Islam was. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's the fault of the Muslims. Sure. You know. Sure. And uh, so I think this is really important. You know, so yeah. Thanks for uh, taking me back to that. Mm -mm. So the first part is making sure, you know, educating them on, on the Shahada. Even if they've already took the Shahada, you know. Make both, sure they've make understood sure. it. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, they could be repeating the Shahada, mm. you know, without understanding what it actually means. You know, an interesting point here as well, Sheikh. I want to clarify that, you know, some brothers, they kind of Tawheed check the new Muslims. So they might ask you a question and they might not know the answer, but they're sincere. Like for instance, they'll say, where's Allah? And the new Muslim will say, everywhere. That, oh look, kafir, you know, or whatever. And they write him off. Instead of just saying, no that's brother. A, that's another excuse. Yeah, you know, instead of just saying, you know, educating mm -hmm. the brother. Don't, you know, understand. Yeah, you don't have to go yeah, that yeah. deep. Understand you don't what, have to yeah. go that deep. The key is that yeah. they understand it's Allah yeah. who is to be worshipped. Yeah. But even when it is that deep, understanding, this guy's on a journey. You know, he's a new Muslim. You know, he doesn't know everything in the beginning, but it doesn't mean because he got the answer wrong, he's, he doesn't care. Or, mm -hmm. You know, they, they're still sincere. 
So that's that's an important yeah. point. It's got to be yeah. moderate. Yeah. You're dealing with a person yeah. who newly has entered Islam or is about to newly enter Islam. Mm. Then you, you, you only need to check on the basics. Yeah. What is the basics? Mm. You know, do they understand mm. that it is Allah alone to be worshipped? Yeah. Yeah. That's the key. That they yeah. understood it's just Allah alone. Yeah. He is not uh, visible. Mm. That we can see him with our eyes in this life, you know. Yeah. So there's nobody who can come around and tell you, "Well, I'm Allah." If you listen, you say, "Somebody tell you that?" No, he is not Allah. He can't be Allah. You know, mm. no difference between that kind of belief and belief that Jesus was mm. God. Yeah. And then you go straight into wudu salah. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, wudu because wudu mm. needs to precede salah. Yeah. We need to show yeah, yeah. them, go through the, the, the process with them. Don't just mm. tell them, go make wudu, go yeah. in the bathroom, other people are doing it, you see what they're doing, mm. just do it like they're doing yeah. No, you know, give them something of an understanding. Mm. Like, why are we making wudu? Mm. You know, at least the core idea mm. of purification from sin. Mm. That we're purifying ourselves, mm. you know, before going to worship Allah. Mm. And also, that... This is also preparation for the prayer itself. Mm. You know, that if you don't do your wudu properly, then that's going to affect your prayer. Mm. You know? I mean, when the Prophet ﷺ went to the point of having a man repeat his whole wudu because he had, you know, just a, a spot on the back mm. of his foot. I mean, it was a big enough spot yeah. on the back of his foot, which mm. was dry. He didn't wash it. He flashed it and yeah. so we let him know that no you need to do it completely complete yeah. wudu and that this psychologically you know spiritually mentally that you are preparing yourself to worship Allah so that when they actually come in now for the prayer they're coming in with that frame of mind mm. you know so that it is the precursor yeah. for salah yeah. So we try to give them that understanding yeah. that whatever we're teaching them, yeah. we know we have to teach them the ritual, but we need to teach them the understanding behind the ritual. The preparation as well. So they don't just afterwards question themselves, yeah. you know, this religion has got <laughs> a lot of rituals in it. You yeah, know, yeah. you do it, you have to do this, you have, yeah. to, do, you have to do it this way, you have to do yeah. it that way. But these wisdoms you know, in yeah, these things, you know, yeah. Well, no, there's no connection, mm. you know, because they said, okay, you pass wind, make wudu. What's the connection between mm. passing wind mm. and making wudu? Mm. You know, yeah. because uh, in the church you just go pass wind, nobody knows. <laughs> you know, it was you. You know, no problem. It doesn't affect your worship. Yeah. But now, hey, <laughs> this is really a whole other level. You know, because even in the army, when people all stand up, you know, you're doing your thing. Yeah. You know. People pass wind all the time, you know. But hey, this is like a whole nother level. Yeah. You know? SubhanAllah. So, so we need to let them understand why? Why do we need this other level? Because we're now worshiping Allah. Yeah. You know, it is self part of self control. Yeah. We control yeah. ourselves during this period of yeah. time. Yeah. You know? yeah. So so to and give them some very, kind of there was very uh, yeah, you know, so, so many benefits to it. You know, not just passing wind, but intercourse, everything. You're planning your whole day and life around the salah. Subhanallah. Mm -hmm. You know, and then what I like about your second point is prayer in the masjid. Yeah. Because when I first became a Muslim, that's how I learned how to pray. Going to the masjid and praying in the congregation. You know, getting into the habit of praying with, you know, following people. Because when I was at home, I was like this, you know, I had the book in one hand and, you know, and I've got the, the, the laptop there. <laughs> I'm trying to, but when I was going to the masjid, you follow. You know, you follow and uh, you And get you into, learn it. Yeah? You learn it much more rapidly <coughs> than mm. trying to do it on your own. Mm. Yeah, so. subhanAllah. So even if, if the masjid is, you know, a bit of a distance from your house, you should still try to make that effort to go you know, because it's going to, you know, especially as a new Muslim, it's important that you're in that is Islamic environment with the Muslims. Yeah? Sure. 
The next, the next one, you've got pairing the convert. Yeah, this is the concept of the Muhajirun and the Ansar. The Prophet ﷺ, when he came to Medina, he paired the Muslims. Muhajir would be, become a brother, actually, who would actually inherit. Of course, later Allah corrected that, mm. you know, changed that. But initially, that was his ijtihad, Prophet Sallallahu ijtihad. They, they were paired, you know. And even some of the, the, uh, the Ansar, you know, of Medina, who had, you know, wives... They, were, they even offered to divorce some of their wives so that the muhajirun who are coming to them could have a wife to marry. Mm. You know, they reached that kind of a level. Subhanallah. You know, subhanallah, you know? So mm. the point is that the pairing, because mm. that new Muslim, you know, if you just leave him on or leave her on their own, mm. then shaitan, mm. of course, this is the time when they're the most mm. vulnerable. Mm. You know, so shaitan will be coming at them really full strength mm. because they have failed. And these people have actually accepted Islam. Shaitan, they just lost mm. somebody, yeah. you know. So they're going to try their war best to catch them yeah, yeah. before they become <laughs> firm, you know. So they'll be coming at them left and right. So they need to have yeah. somebody there who will be ready to help them, answer yeah. any questions they have, you know, go with also them. Also financially. Yeah, financially, if you're able, if yeah, you know, they should need, try to help. Look what the situation yeah. is, help them out. Yeah, because you know, you know, when someone accepts Islam, Sheikh, I use the example that most new Muslims have been on the sinking ship. That you know, the ayah where Allah says they're on the in the sea, the the ship, they've got to that stage where they they've hit rock rock bottom, and they've called out to Allah for help. And you find a lot of new Muslims are the ones who have had difficulty in life. You know, they've, had, they, they, they've reached that stage where they've got nothing else and they ask Allah. You know, it's, of course we do, have, we do find rich people that accept Islam as well. But for the majority of people, people who have had a struggle in life. And you find a lot of them do need financial help as well. An example was, you know, uh, Salman al-Farsi. You know, subhanAllah, the story of when he accepted Islam, where the Prophet encouraged, well, all the, the companions to help free him financially, helping, you know, bring the date palms and the, subhanAllah. So that's an important point mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So it's not just spiritually and, you know, showing them the salahs, being their companion as well. Yeah. yeah Looking out for them, yeah. checking up on them. Yeah. Calling up, you know, how are you doing? How are things going? Having mm. any problems? Can I help you? Yeah. You know, like this, you know, getting yeah. them to the masjid. You know. Yeah, mashallah. Sheikh, the next one, you've got letter to the imam. Well, letter to the imam, you know, what happens oftentimes when a new Muslim accepts Islam, and this is going to be, we talk about males, especially in the countries where women don't normally go to the masjid and things like this, mm. right? In other countries where they do, it could apply to them also. But in, generally, the men, when you, as a new Muslim, you come into the masjid, mm. you know, there are all these people there, you don't know them, they're completely unrelated to you, you have you know, <laughs> no connection with them, you know? You come in, you're a little shaky, you know? Uh, and then, you know, of course, when you walk in, oftentimes people turn and look at you. And you think, oh, oh boy, what have I done wrong? You know, <laughs> you, start to, you start getting scared and, you know, these kind of yeah. things. So the idea is you go to the imam ahead. We write a letter to the imam, mm. which says, you know, this is a new Muslim. Please help him out, you know, uh, help him to get accustomed to settle into the jama'ah the community, etc., etc. So it becomes the responsibility of that imam to help, to mm. introduce him to the other people that are there. This is a new Muslim brother, you know, so-and-so. If you can help mm. him, help him, and so You know, like this. Yeah. So he feels the comfort and support of the community from the beginning. Mm. You know? That makes a big difference mm. for a lot of people. So important for them to feel comfortable mm. going into the masjid. Because we mm. tell them, yes, 
pray in the masjid. You take them with you and make that first prayer in the masjid. But, you know, after you leave them on their own, they have to go back in that masjid all by themselves. Yeah. You know, uh, for people who have not experienced that, they might, they might think, ah, that's no big yeah. deal. You know, you can walk into any mask, no, no, no problem. But it's know, dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I didn't go, I, I, I fasted Ramadan on my own. I'd not even took Shahada. I was scared to go in the masjid. I didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. And um, I took Shahada in Egypt. And when I came back, I went to this masjid, but I only went there because I thought it was a school. If I knew it was a masjid, I never would have gone. Because as a non-Muslim, you hear all these stories, you have all these misconceptions, and it's not easy. Especially when you don't look like everyone else. <laughs> you know as much as I do. You know, you go into a certain mosque and, you know, they're looking at you or whatever. You're so. a stranger. So I like this one, Letter to the Imam, because this could also be like going around and educating the Muslims about Helping new Muslims as well, mm -hmm. you know, doing courses, talks, trying to kind of create awareness about about this. I like that. Sheikh, then you move on to uh, Rusul. Yeah, so you you know that's going to the next step of that. Because you clarify, because some people they say, well, no, they have to make a Rusul before they even take Shahada. Yeah. I've seen this you know, before. Yeah, and it's a position held. Some mm. scholars held that it's Like the born-again Christians when mm. they don't come in the, the, yeah. the bath. <laughs> yeah, the baptism, yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> equivalent. But uh, no, it's not a requirement. Mm. So, and, you know, you don't need to delay things mm. with the issue of the ghusl. But you do need to teach them about the ghusl, you know, because once, once they enter Islam, you know, everything before is cut off. So mm. wudu is enough for them to go and pray. Mm. But now after that, if they have sexual relations, then you have to tell them about ghusl. Mm. So now the next thing you need to teach them, right, mm. is how to make ghusl. Mm. You know, in the simplest form, mm. because that's an issue. A lot of times people don't tell them about this. Yeah. They don't inform them about the ghusl. So they may go and mm. pray with just wudu yeah. when they needed ghusl. Mm. So... The, the next one you have, and I have a story about this, which is covering the aura. Now, it sounds so obvious, but I had a new Muslim. Funny enough, I, as I said, I, I used to have these weekly classes at my house. We used to go through your online program. And one of the new Muslims came. He's not a new Muslim. He's been Muslim like 15 years. And at this point, he, he told me a story when he'd been Muslim for three years and he was working and the, his boss came to pick him up from work. He's a Muslim guy. He's bibbing the horn. So he's rushing out the house. He came out and he said to his boss, his boss said, what was you doing? He said, well, I got up. I got out of bed. I had a shower. I prayed and I got dressed and I, I come. So he said, say that again. He said, you know, I woke up, I had a shower, I prayed and I got dressed and I, I, I come, sorry I'm late. He said, did you do it in that order? You know, did, you know, did you pray with no clothes on? He said, oh yeah, you know, that's how I pray in the morning. Because he didn't know. Hmm. He thought, you know, natural and <laughs> subhanAllah. <laughs> He'd been praying. <laughs> Naked. Naked, subhanAllah. <laughs> May Allah forgive him. He'd be accepted, inshallah. Yeah, yeah. But subhanAllah, you know, a lot of these things sound so obvious. Mm. But as a non-Muslim, you don't know. Sure. You have no idea. And, you know, aura, <laughs> of course, involves so many factors <clears throat> for <clears throat> both females and males. <clears throat> you know, that if you don't give them the basics... You know, then it's very easy for them not mm. to, to do the basics because the whole society around them mm. is a permissive society which encourages nudity mm. and exposure of the aura. Mm. So then how do you expect them to mm. realize this? Mm. You know, the, for the, the seventh one, you have the, you know, mentioning the prohibitions, you know, the major prohibitions of Islam. Mm -hmm. So educating them more. On, yeah, on yeah, yeah, point, because, yeah. Uh, yeah. of course, yeah. basic ones of alcohol, mm. you know, if you don't tell them, mm. 
they're going to be a Muslim and still be drinking alcohol. Yeah. And if you just tell them in general, you know, we Muslims don't drink alcohol, mm. they will say, well, they will think, because I've heard, you know, new Muslims say, well, you know, um, you know, we just have a glass of wine, you know, on Sunday, you know, with our Sunday meal. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not drinking, you know, hard liquor. I'm not yeah. drinking scotch and mm. whiskey and, you know, these things. Mm. I've given all that up. But I still, you know, keep with the, mm. I don't yeah. know. No, this, is, this is included in alcohol. Boyfriend and girlfriends as well. Yes. SubhanAllah. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. And, yeah, these types. Relations, of, yeah. Yeah, SubhanAllah. The next one, a, a good one, mashallah, family advice. You know, because the new Muslim, as you said, Shaitan has just declared war on him and it's going to come from every direction you know and being able to cope with the family yeah I'm sure you have many stories about yeah, yeah, this yeah, through yeah, you, no, people have been told I remember one brother Jewish brother who accepted Islam there in, in London and um, you know I was discussing with him and that you know he told me that you know his parents after he accepted Islam his parents called him up he informed them they, they got together and they met the family and then they called him up and said, uh, last night we prayed uh, the funeral prayer for you, Salatul Janazah. SubhanAllah. <laughs> You're dead to us. Finish. And don't even call us. Don't even, you know, finish. SubhanAllah. You know? So, you know, the people can get to that extreme. I've not heard you know? that one before. <laughs> <laughs> that one is like a classic. But uh, yeah, you know, all kinds of problems they can get with the, have with the family. You know, mm. sometimes people even de delay their Islam, you know, because their wives or their husbands, you know, so you have mm. to help them work that out. Mm. You know? so for someone who's in that situation, and would you advise them not to tell their family? Well, if they tell, if they say, well, listen, if my family find out, they're gonna kick me out and all these other kind mm. of things, and I don't have any place to go and all mm. this, yeah, don't, don't tell them. Mm. You can hide it. You don't have to inform mm. them, you know, until yeah. you are in a position to to inform them. Yeah. You can you can take care of yourself, or you know, mm. you got married or whatever, you know, so you have a means, mm. you know. Sure. Yeah. We advise that, and you know, also you don't need to go into, you know, okay, listen, you just got. You just accepted Islam. Your husband, who you've been married to for the last 15 years, and you've got eight, ten kids with, you know, you are now, he is haram to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is something, you know, although it is a major issue, yeah. you know, you, you, you can feel it out with the person. Mm. Because if that's going to stop them from accepting Islam, then it's better to let it go for now. Subhanallah. You know, yeah. let them build their iman, the strength. Because yeah. better, yeah, that they commit fornication, yeah, than not as a, a as a Muslim, mm. than to not commit fornication mm. uh, and and be a non-Muslim. Mm. You know, yeah, because well, of course, as a non-Muslim, mm. you know, having sex with your husband is halal. Mm. It's not fornication. Yeah. So it is better for them to have accepted Islam mm. and be breaking that rule mm. than for them not so, to accept So just Islam. to clarify for those who might not know, you know, if somebody does, uh, for, for if a woman, I should say, uh, comes into Islam and her husband is not a Muslim, uh, the general rule is that they would have to eventually, well, they should, uh, that marriage Stop. marriage is stopped. Yeah. But as you're saying now, just for those who don't know, um, that you have to weigh it up. You have to use wisdom. You know, because the main thing is that they become a Muslim. And it, like you're saying, if that's going to prevent them, then, you know, you have to be very careful. Point, you don't have to. Their, yeah. their, their marriage, you know, is put on hold. Yeah. Because if the husband accepts Islam afterwards, then... yeah. They don't have to remarry because some people think, okay, yeah, now yeah. you've done that, you have to go remarry yeah. now. Um Salama, you know, she... Uh, Sorry, she, yes. Yeah. She, and then later he yeah, came to Islam. Yeah, she separated from her yeah, husband. Yeah. He, she came to Medina yeah. and he was still keen. And then she said, okay, uh, you know, I'll make the mahar yeah. your acceptance of Islam. Yeah. So when he accepted Islam, and then they carried on as husband yeah. and wife. They didn't do a new yeah. marriage. Yeah. They just carried on. The next one you have is the seasonal... Acts of worship. 
What do you yeah. mean by this? Seasonal acts of worship meaning uh, Hajj, hmm. Ramadan, hmm. you know, these are seasons around the year. You should hmm. let them be aware of these. Yeah. Uh, it's likely that when they accept Islam, either one is coming up, hmm. you know, or they're in the middle of one, hmm. you know, or yeah. they just came out of one. Yeah. Right. So just to inform them, give them an understanding mm. of what those were about. Especially if it's one they're just going into, mm. right? That they may be taking part, either it's fasting mm. or it could be for Hajj. If they have the means, financial mm. means, etc., go for the Hajj. Yeah. Yeah. So again, if somebody accepts Islam at the start of Ramadan, they should fast. They have to fast. Yes, that Ramadan. Some people say, oh, no, don't worry, you're a new Take Muslim. Take your time. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. You accept Islam, it's Ramadan, yeah. you need to fast. Yeah. SubhanAllah, yeah. And then you have the gift, gift package. You've got a big list of different things. You know, this is different things of gifts that you could possibly yeah, give. Yeah, this them. is for centers. Yeah. For Islamic centers. And it could be for you as an individual. Yeah. You know, the new Muslim, give them a sajada, you know, yeah. uh, for women, a prayer gown, you mm. know, how what to pray in. Mm. So they have something simple that can they put on which yeah. will cover them up, right? And mm. they will pray in an acceptable mm. way. I mean, mm. of course, you've explained to them about aura, but, you know, they're not going to just change their wardrobe overnight. All of a sudden, you know, they were half naked. <laughs> now they're completely covered. Okay. You explain mm. the thing to them, but you still mm. allow them time to. So what are they going to do in between? Mm. So what is it? Can they, should they go and pray on these things? Mm. No, we give them a prayer gown. Mm. You know, they have this uh, one piece that they put over and it yeah. covers everything except for the yeah, it's easy one. They yeah. can put that on easy for mm. them to put it on for prayer. And for the men, is it? And between the navel and the knee, yeah, you know, there's a lot, a lot of people trying to get you wear to wear certain attire, yeah, Muslim clothes, mm -hmm. you know, or change well, your name. Well, you don't need to. Well, <coughs> these are two different things. Mm. But in terms of the dress for the man, mm. we should make it clear that for the man, his aura is between the navel and the knee. Mm. And for that aura to be covered, it's only considered covered if the garment is loose. Mm. So Western pants, which were designed to expose the aura, mm. for the most part are not acceptable mm. for prayer. Mm. So at least this area should be loose. And if it's not loose, then at least for your prayer purposes, mm. you know, you have you know, a sarong or a longi mm. or whatever that you yeah. put on at the time of prayer, mm. you know, to at least fulfill mm. that basic requirement. Mm. And yeah. then you should look about changing your wardrobe to mm. more loosely fitting mm. garments, which will not expose your aura. Mm. You know how many times you go in the masjid and these guys make mm. rukur in front of you and, Audubillah, you know, <laughs> you know, and they make sujuda. That's even a bigger calamity. You know, so you know, besides what they, you yeah. know, they're you know doing to the people behind them, you know, what they're doing yeah. to their own salah. You know, yeah. one of the one of the conditions for the acceptability of salah yeah. is satural aura, covering the aura. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Sheikh. I found it. It's very good. Alhamdulillah. And as we said, you know, there's a lot of... You, you've actually played a big role in many Dawah centers. SubhanAllah, I've, everywhere I go, seem to be, you know, following Dr. Bilal, SubhanAllah. <laughs> <laughs> I went to UAE, Saudi, Qatar, you know, different places, places in UK, Canada, wherever, Africa, you know. And alhamdulillah, you've played a, you know, you've, you've always uh, focused and helped the new Muslims, you know, especially in Dawah centers, you know, and it's subhanAllah. Well, being a new Muslim myself, yeah, you know, I feel for them. Yeah. I mean, it's natural that I'm going to have a greater care and concern mm. Mm. to ensure that they are helped in one way or another. Yeah. So that is always... You know, in the back of my mind, whenever mm. I'm writing, you mm. know, whenever I'm lecturing, you know, mm. to to always look out for 
uh, potential new Muslims mm. or to help the, mm. the new Muslims of any different mm. area. Because I know the struggle mm. that it was to, to gain enough knowledge to be able to practice Islam yeah. properly, etc. So mm. naturally, I'm going to be particularly concerned about them. Yeah. I mean, I guess alongside this, you know, because this is really, like, like you said, the first day, you know, and then if we were to speak about, you know, the first month or the, or the beginning of a new Muslim, I mean, what, how can we start to teach them about the beliefs of Islam? What, what would you recommend? Well, I did another program like this. Yeah. It wasn't published mm. in, in book form like this, mm. but it's also available on the Islamic Online University website in the free diploma in our free yeah. campus, you know, where you can take the course. It's called The First Week. Mm. So in that, we now start to introduce some of the basic teachings, mm. you know, of Islam, yeah. you know, in more in depth that they can study systematically something mm. of Aqidah, something of, of Quran, mm. you know, with tafsir, something of mm. hadith, mm. you know, with interpretation, plus uh, also the uh, fiqh, mm. you know, the application now of the Quran mm. and the sunnah uh, in our lives. In the very that's, that's basic, the fiqh, yeah. yeah. And then sirah, you yeah. know, and some Arabic. Those, yeah. you know, are basic Arabic, enough yeah. to have, to be able to start to read the Quran, yeah. You know, to be able to say yeah. what you need to say in the prayers. Mm. You know, so the the first mm. week goes into some of those very yeah. basic things, and then mm. after that, then the the third level would be the first month. Mm. You know, which is and this is assuming that people are able to come <clears throat> there every day a week. Yeah. You know, otherwise mm. the first day, uh, you know, they may only be able to come to you for an hour. Mm. No, you yeah. can't fit all of this yeah. into an hour. So yeah. maybe they're only coming once a week in yeah. that hour. So this yeah. first day may end yeah. up being the, your first month because yeah. you're only seeing them for, for one hour, yeah. you know, yeah. one day a week. Yeah. <laughs> so so you yeah. have to, though we've, we've given these numbers, yeah. this is the ideal. Yeah. If the person is able to come yeah. with you and sit with you that full day. See, now with, with technology, people could actually listen to this in their car on the way to work. Yeah. Or on the bus. Alhamdulillah. You know, so all that time which would be wasted mm -hmm. driving to work or back, you know, you could actually listen to it yeah. anyway. So mm -hmm. that's a good way. And eventually they could, and also you have your books as well, which, which may be a bit later on. You know, the, you, the Islamic Studies series. Yeah. You know, I have one book oh, yeah, called so Foundations of Islam. Four you books, know. right? Yes, four book yeah. series. That expands on on all the, the basic information. The mm. only thing missing from it is the Sirah section. Mm. And um, in the book, um, one book which I edited called, uh, I think it's, 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 it's uh, O-Level. Mm. O-Level, Preparation for O-Level Islam. Those who are going to do the O-level mm. exams. So we put together there a Sira uh, mm. section, yeah. which is very brief and mm. simplified for the new Muslim. MashaAllah. And then you have your book on Tawheed and evolution effect, you know, maybe a bit later More on depth, as well. Yeah, so MashaAllah, we have everything... It's available. Yeah. I mean, when, know, when I accepted yeah, Islam yeah. back in 1972, yeah. there was nothing. Yeah. There were no books. Actually, the only books that were available were Ahmadi, you know, Qadiani books. You know, that's the Ahmadi Quran, <laughs> you know, Maulana, what's his name? Uh, uh, Muhammad, uh, it's not Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali was the <coughs> English. Uh, yeah. Uh, translation first english translation mm -hmm. by a sunni muslim but uh this is another um I've forgotten his name but <clears throat> his name is uh, it's something ali also i think mm -hmm. but um that was the one which was available mm -hmm. you know and um uh, one a book a very thick book called the religion of islam a thick book which was ahmadi which explains all the mm. fiqh and the hadith and the tafsir and all that that's what i, I initially mm. was available for me to read mm. you know uh um, i want to thank you for your work jazakallah alhamdulillah i mean it, you know it's really for me especially me i mean i you know relied a lot on your work as a new muslim 
you know, because it, it just having it authored in English is so important mm-hmm. because the translations of classical books are, I mean, they're a bit better now, but even even when I first began to. Yeah, like and, and books written by a native speaker of English. Yes, because you can't because translate they may Arabic not be translated, into English. It doesn't work. You know, but, <laughs> but the person is not a native speaker yeah. of English, and he'll be translating, yeah. he'll be writing things. He's yeah. writing, he's conveying ideas, he's writing it, you know, in English. Yeah. But, you know, what did he mean? Yeah. What is he trying to say, you yeah. know? So, I mean, yeah. I remember the, probably the, the, the greatest, um, you know, calamity in translation <laughs> that I, I've come across. I remember in the um, in the Arkham Center there in, in Singapore, I went in and I and I saw this book. You know, they to- they showed me their syllabus, what they're teaching Muslims and thing. And in, in, <laughs> for new Muslims, I saw this book. It was called something like the Religion of Islam, something like that. You know, medium size, hundred pages, hundred fifty pages. And I was flipping through, and I went to Tawhid belief and what they had there was greek philosophy so complex and complicated i couldn't understand it and my major was aqidah you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know this was yeah. my area of specialization i couldn't understand it so i asked even the brother who was in charge of the center at the time i said what did you understand from this <laughs> I couldn't understand too much uh, either. And I said, brother, you don't need to be giving new Muslims this book. Yeah. And I went on further. You know, I, I found in the book, they were talking about things, you know, which, yeah, it, it, it's common in the subcontinent, you know. They were talking about, um, for example, with, with, with diagrams, how to wipe your behind according to the sunnah, you know, after defecating, wow. you know. That you know, in, in, with, with visuals. Well, they didn't get to the actual details, but they showed the the directions. They said, you know, in the winter, you should uh, you should do it counterclockwise when you're wiping your behind, and in the summer you do it clockwise. I said, where did this what? come from? <laughs> I said, please, brother, you don't need to have this book there. And then they went further when they're talking about you know. Things which will break your wudu and you'll have to make ghusl or, you know, wudu for it. They talked about, if you have sex with a fish. What? (laughs) Really? (laughs) You know, having sex with a fish. If any non-Muslim were to read this, these Muslims are into some really crazy stuff. You know, (laughs) you know, but you know where it came from. You know, where it came from. These are from classical books which were written from Hanafi fiqh, where they do, in fact, <laughs> discuss these matters. Mm. They're there, you know? They, they, they went into this. This is speculative mm. fiqh, mm-hmm. you know? Scholars speculated, mm. you know, yeah. to, to work out mm. uh, issues and problems before they occur. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is the approach, right? The, especially yeah. the Hanafi approach. Yeah, yeah. So, they, they, so amongst the, 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 the points of discussion, the thing was, okay, what happens if you have sex with a fish? You know, will your wudu still be good? <laughs> okay, they were doing it for spec, you know, yeah. for for fit contests yeah. and things like this. But this not this is not suitable no. for a new Muslim or for a regular practicing Muslim to have to read yeah. this stuff, you know. So, <laughs> so I told him, brother, please, this book you need to burn it, <laughs> get rid of it. Don't let any you know new Muslim or non-Muslim come and see this book because it's going to really put a bad. You know, understanding in yeah. people's minds. You know? you know, I had one Dawah center. I'm not going to name the Dawah center, but it's in the Middle East. So they put this Salah book together, an Arab. So they said, can you just have a look at it? We've already printed half a million of them, but we want you to check it. <laughs> We're sure it's okay. Better late than but never. We, so <laughs> I checked it. He said, when you go into Raku, you put your hands on your ankles. On your ankles? <laughs> what kind of... They, they meant the knees. Knees, but oh, he translated but knees as ankles. You know, 
what that could do to you can't yeah. you, you, you can't put it out you know so of course when you told them that listen you need to recall all of these yeah books, that's, they didn't they, said, they didn't give any out alhamdulillah mm. oh it's a waste mm. no but alhamdulillah but that, yeah. you could have just got a sticker which says you know instead of ankles it, knees and then just stick it into but all it's those probably cheaper and easier just you know rather than employing so just you know and they, they're not short of money this particular organization but alhamdulillah but this is outlining the importance of having a native speaker who's writing for a particular audience like your work like you say this is for a particular audience brand new muslim your study books are for the the, the middle step you know and then your other books like tawhid and other ones are maybe a bit more someone advanced. who's getting a bit more advanced but you have an intention before you start, you know, of who you're writing for. And it really does show. Yeah. Yeah, it really shows. So, Jazakallah Khair, Shaykh. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> it's been a long journey. Yeah. And uh, thank you for your work. And uh, Alhamdulillah. Barakallah. I just, uh, I'm going to ask you publicly because otherwise we might not get it off you. But we want you to finish. Usul al fiqh. And then your collection is finished, alhamdulillah. Inshallah. So, inshallah. Yeah, yeah. It's in mind and. You just put it down for a long time, but inshallah. Inshallah. Jazakallah khair, Shaykh. Maybe we can leave it there. and Jazakallah khair. So, please join us next time for another episode of Young Smirks. And we'll see you next time. Salam alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. إنك لا تهدي من أحببت ولكن الله يهدي من يشاء. Thank you for listening to the Young Smirks podcast with me, John Fontaine. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and YouTube and all the other outlets. Like and subscribe and leave a comment. And also, please support us on the donation link below so that we can continue to give you quality podcasts. Thank you very much. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa barakatuh.